Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. For those interested in additional resources or services, such as the weekly planners, online planners for Chrome or Outlook, keynotes, live training, coaching, or certification, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. Now, when you listen to an episode that resonates with you, we invite you to share it with your family, friends, and team members so that they can experience the same type of motivation and results in their lives. Also, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. It works on Apple, Stitcher, Google, or whatever platform you're using so that you can get a new podcast reminder each week. Now sit back, let's get started, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome back to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners and friends, wherever you are at in the world. Today, we have a treat for you. And what I mean by that is we have one of the foremost leading authorities on the topics of anxiety, depression, and other things that relate to the mind in the entire world. And so we have on with us today, Dr. David Burns, and I'm so grateful that he's chosen to come on and share some of his research, his insights, and things that have a big impact in so many of our lives. And I'll just give you the nutshell version, and we'll talk more about this, but how this came about, I read his book, Feeling Great, looked more into it. I shared it with several family members who have experienced different forms of anxiety, depression, and he's a world-renowned psychiatrist. He's taught at Stanford. He's authored numerous books to include Feeling Good and then his newer book, Feeling Great, uh, both of which have sold huge numbers of copies throughout the world because of his unique approach. And so I'm really excited to have him on today. I know this is going to be a powerful podcast, and I invite you to share this with anyone who you know of who's experienced any of those types of things, because you can be the catalyst to make a difference in their lives. You know, you never know where this ripple effect may end. And so with that being said, first of all, David, welcome and glad to have you here and maybe share a little of your background. Yeah, glad to be here. My background, I'm a clinical psychiatrist, but I probably should not have been. I was went to college at Amherst. I was a philosophy major. My father was a minister, and I thought I'd end up, you know, going to philosophy graduate school. But uh, my senior year, I read a, a book, a really brilliant friend recommended by Ludwig Wittgenstein called Philosophical Investigations, and he said it was rumored that it contained the solution to all the problems of philosophy. I thought, well, man, that, that sounds pretty, pretty amazing. And I read this book and I, I couldn't understand it. He, he said only seven people in the world could understand it. And it was about like a piece of string or someone building a wall, a bricklayer with his apprentice. He says the bricklayer shouts out brick, and then the the younger fellow hands them a brick or a stone, and he puts it in the wall. He says, that's really all that's going on here. Now do you understand why Aristotle was screwed up? And I, I would think, no, not really. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he'd, then he'd say, well, think about a piece of string. And, you know, there's no strand that goes from one end to the other, just all these strands woven together. There's no essence of, of, of the string. Now, are you ready to give up the free will problem? And I would say, not really. I don't know what you're talking about. I just couldn't understand it. I saw why no one in the world could understand it. I didn't understand why he was so great. And then 
spring of my senior year, I was walking across the Amherst campus and it hit me like a lightning bolt what, what it meant. And I suddenly saw the problem to all the, the solution to all the problems of philosophy. I said, I don't need to go to graduate school. I'm going to do something more practical. I think I'll be a psychologist and I can, you know, counsel people and do something worthwhile. And so I told that to my counselor and he said, oh, no, you've got to go to medical school, not psychology graduate school. I said, well, why, why not? And he says, because psychiatrists prescribe medications and they're going to be big now and psychologists can't do that. And I said, but I'm not a pre-medical student. I couldn't possibly go to medical school. He says, don't worry about that. He said, you can talk your way into anything. I said, okay. So I got into Stanford Medical School, but it was the worst decision I ever made. Uh, I just had nothing in common with them. And, you know, I I had no aptitude for it whatsoever, but I I'm finally plowed through and became a psychiatrist. And now I'm doing what I always wanted to do. I don't prescribe drugs ever anymore. I just like to talk to people and help them transform their lives from from despair and suffering into joy. And that's been the most exciting part of my life. There's a lot of humility that just came through in that story because, you know, from that, I don't think people would just realize how incredible your influence has been throughout the world. But it is interesting how we end up in different places, isn't it? Yeah. You know, let's jump into this area that, you know, you're as well versed as anyone in the world in anxiety, depression, things like that. And what I love about your approach is, you know, like you mentioned in psychiatry, a lot of people, you know, are just so quick to prescribe medication and things like that. That's the solution. And you, while acknowledging there may be a time and a scenario for something like that, in most cases, you're suggesting that there are other approaches. So let's just talk about post-pandemic. First of all, what are we seeing in the world around, you know, anxiety, depression, I think a lot of people have felt emotions that maybe they haven't felt up to this point in their life. I know amongst the people I've talked with, that's been the case with many people. So, you know, from your perspective, what are you seeing in the world right now? Anxiety, depression? Well, you know, I don't think of anxiety and depression as brain disorders the way the the psychiatric profession sees them. There are some brain disorders like schizophrenia, but for the most part, depression and anxiety, that's just like feeling down and worrying and you know, feeling frightened. And those things have always been incredibly common. I would say going back 10,000 years or more, uh, you know, human beings have struggled with feeling like we're not good enough and, you know, worrying constantly about survival and this, that, and the other thing. But since the pandemic, those things have doubled. I've done surveys of how people felt with really brief, accurate measures of depression, anger, anxiety, hopelessness, inadequacy, things like that. And they've all gone at least doubled since the start of of, of the depression. There's just, I, I would say on any given day, probably half the people in the United States are feeling down. The people listening right now, most of them have had times maybe right at this moment feeling I'm not good enough. And why am I so screwed up? Why am I so shy? You know, when when I give my talk, I'm going to blow it. Uh, Other people seem to be so much smarter than I am. They've accomplished so much. I'm just ordinary. There's nothing special about me. Or some people get ticked off constantly getting angry at uh, people on the other side of the political divide or people they perceive as enemies, people who drive recklessly in heavy traffic. Uh, you know, I, I, very few people are immune from, from bad moods. And But the really good news is we've developed some incredibly powerful techniques now to help 
people break out of bad moods and, and quickly. When I was a psychiatric resident, I mean, the treatment just went on endlessly. We just talked in this nonspecific way to people, and I dished out antidepressants by the bucketful. And I saw very few patients who, who got better. I didn't want to involve in long relationships with people talking endlessly about things. I wanted my patients to go from despair to joy so they could wake up in the morning and say, it's great to be alive. I have a lot to look forward to. That's the purpose of life, to have joy, to have intimacy, to be productive, to connect with people. And now I have developed techniques over the past, I would say, 40 years of research and clinical work with tens of thousands of hours seeing people with severe depression, where I can now, in my work and, and, and with my students, I'm teaching them how to do the same thing. I can usually see, not always, but 90% of the time when I see someone for the first time with severe chronic depression or years of anxiety and worrying, pretty much bring them to complete recovery in a single therapy session lasting two hours. I, I need two hours to do it, but I can generally complete a course of therapy in one session. And it's so much fun to see people come in crying and they're, you know, laughing at, at the end. And, I, and that's why I wrote the book, Feeling Great, to share these these new techniques with other therapists and, and with the world. I've, I've always dreamed when I was young, I just wish there was some quicker way to help people and and the tools I have, I, I'm being taught in my residency they just suck they're, they're they're not any good and over over time there's been breakthrough after breakthrough and now I'm actually working on an app because I I, I think therapists are going to have trouble learning these new techniques because they're so sounds insulting but they're kind of set in their ways you get trained to do things in ways that aren't effective but they they kind of get committed to what they've been trained so I'm developing a computer program, an app. It looks very promising. I think the app will be substantially more effective than human therapists. It's something that can be available to people all over the world for very little money or for free if they, if they don't have, have any money. So we're beta testing it now, but the, re, the initial results look pretty, pretty fantastic. We're seeing more change in people in one day than therapists have ever been able to get in outcome studies, even for six months or, or, or 12 months. That's powerful, David. And one of the things that you just said really resonated with me. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this interview, because, you know, the traditional approach is someone's feeling anxious, worried, angry, you know, depressed, whatever, and it's go get the medicine. And then the medicine is the end all be all right. But that's not really the case. And you take this totally different approach that actually rarely does a person need that kind of stuff. And, you know, we all experience things to different degrees. Everyone has a level of worry or anxiousness. And the other thing that I love is you are very clear about this in your book. It's not an anxiety disorder. Yeah, <laughs> right. Something's wrong yeah. with a person who arbitrarily came up with this threshold of normal, abnormal, and the way you describe that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. When you start telling people, oh, you have an anxiety, you have generalized anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder, or whatever it is, and there's hundreds of these things described. I have up here the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association. Hundreds of coded diagnoses you're supposed to assign to people, and it's kind of like putting people down. And what we've discovered is that your depression and anxiety and your shame 
your hopelessness, your, your anger, your feelings of inadequacy, your feelings of loneliness, whatever they are, are not the result of what's wrong with you, like a chemical imbalance in the brain. We just proved that in the 1970s. We proved that that theory wasn't correct. And now it's finally being accepted that that's not the cause of depression or anxiety. Or, or you're told you have a personality disorder or a troubled childhood or something like that. It's going to take years of talking to, to work it through. But your depression and anxiety are actually the result of not what's wrong with you, but but what, what's right with you. I, I can give some examples of that if if, if you like. But yes, once a person sees it's not it's it's not my defect. It's my the beautiful things about me. That's why I'm feeling down. And once they see that, they they relax and the shame disappears, and then recovery becomes just like a stone's throw away at that point. Please do, David. If you could give an example, because this is such an aha moment. And yeah. it doesn't, I don't really care if a person's experiencing debilitating anxiety or depression, or yeah. if it's just kind of this general worry or things like that, which we've all experienced. That was a huge aha for me. In other words, yeah. it's not what's wrong. It's what's right with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. Well, maybe, maybe that's all can be a good example. A woman I, I treated live in front of an audience had been suffering for nine years with incredible feelings of guilt, shame, and inadequacy. She said she was a bad mother. She'd just been depressed and she had prayed and done everything, but she couldn't get over this. And, and the event that had triggered this was her 12-year-old daughter had said, this was nine years earlier, mommy, can I, can I go out and play? You know, it was after dinner and and she'd always let her go out and play with the other kids. And so she said, yeah, make sure you put your jacket on. And then this is maybe a little disturbing to some of the, of the listeners. But when she went outside, two neighborhood boys snuck up on her and they had a high powered pellet rifle. And I don't know what was going through their heads, but they aimed at their face and pulled the trigger. And this uh, high powered pellet came out and hit hit her mouth and one of her teeth and kind of exploded. And there's all this blood and tissue damage. And she ran in screaming. Her mom was, was just shocked and devastated and, you know, rushed her to the emergency room. And the daughter had to have multiple dental surgeries to correct the, you know, the damage to her mouth and had post-traumatic stress disorder and were sending her to psychiatrist for nine years and nothing was helping. And, and then the woman who volunteered to be the patient in, in the workshop said that she's been feeling like it was her fault and that she's a bad mother and she's ruined her daughter's childhood. And, you know, she felt like hopeless and overwhelmed and, you know, intense levels of, of, of shame. And then one of the things that we, we did was to say, you know, and she also thought, I'm sure the people here in the audience are judging me and they probably think I'm a bad mother. And I said, I have the tools to cure you prob probably. And, and if we had the magic button and you pressed it, you'd go into a state of euphoria. Would you press it? And she says, oh, absolutely. I says, well, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Maybe we better see what all these negative thoughts and feelings show about you that's beautiful and awesome first. And she said, well, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, when you're telling yourself I'm a bad mother, well, what does that show about you that's beautiful? What does your guilt show about you that, that's beautiful? What does your sadness show about you that's beautiful? And she said, I can't think of anything. I said, so you'll press the magic button, feel happy. 
if we had a magic button. She, oh, yeah, right now. So I see. So you want to feel happy about the fact that your daughter's been suffering for nine years? Are you sure that's what you want? She, oh, no. No, I, I, I don't want to feel happy. And that's, I said, well, what is your depression and sadness show? And she said, oh, it shows my love for my daughter. It's just ab- absolutely. And I, what a beautiful thing is that? Let's write that down on a piece of paper. And then you're saying you're a bad mother. What, 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 what does that show about you that's positive and awesome? And she said, well, maybe it, it shows that I really care about being a good mother. And, and that I'm honest about my flaws and that I'm accountable rather than blaming others. I said, there's three or four more. Let, let, let's, let's write them down. And then you're anxious all the time. You've, you press the magic button. Your anxiety will disappear. You'll be euphoric. Now, the last time you let down your guard, your daughter got shot in the face. Are you sure you want your anxiety to disappear? She said, oh, no, no, I, my anxiety motivates me to bring her to the best doctors and I'm doing all these, everything I possibly can do for her. And before you know it, we had a, a list of over 20 beautiful things about her that were revealed by her symptoms, as well as benefits of, of, of her ne- negative feelings. And then I said, well, gosh, maybe we don't want to press that magic button, if we had a magic dial here, how sad would you want to feel by the end of the session? How anxious would you want to feel? How guilty and ashamed do you want to feel? Let's dial them down to some lower level, but not make them disappear entirely. Because then if they disappear entirely, all these beautiful things about you will go down the toilet, right, with your negative feelings. So she said, oh, I'll be 30% on this one and 15% on that one, you know, and the hopelessness, let's get that down to 10% and stuff like that. And the anger, you know, the anger was a good thing, too. She had a right to be angry. How are these parents letting their boys go out and play with other children with a loaded weapon like that? Makes no sense. And so then she just started to relax. And then we used all of these techniques I've developed to change those negative thinking patterns that cause your symptoms, the distortions, get rid of the distortions in them. And by the end of the session, she had just one negative thought left that she hadn't entirely blown out of the water. And that's the people here in the audience probably are judging me. And I said, well, we can't disprove that thought with our armchair chair techniques, you'd have to do a survey and find out. You'd have to ask them. And she got all scared and she didn't want to do that. And I said, well, that's the reason to do it. Why don't you ask the audience if they're judging you? How do they feel? Do they feel you're a bad mother? She was very scared, but, but said maybe some of you could come up and take the microphone and, and tell me. And then People rushed to the microphone and one by one in tears, they, they said to her, I, you're my hero. I, I think you're a beautiful person and a wonderful mother. And I can't thank you enough for courageously sharing this with, with all of us tonight. And person after person said that. And she just started sobbing uncontrollably. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. And she was just flooded with joy. It was like being born again, really. And all of her feelings went to zero. And, and, and she said, just, I don't know what the hell just hit me, but it was, it was a miracle. And that's how it works. And it's such a great thing to be able to do because then I feel the same joy that my patients feel. There's a spiritual idea that we're all one. 
in the universe and with, with each other. And you certainly feel that at that moment. And then people say, oh, well, that was a flash in the pan. Anyone can do that, but does it, does it last? People always, they can't believe that this rapid recovery can really happen. And so I called her just recently. I mean, that was at least five or six years ago when that I had that session. And, and, and she said, I'm, I'm still on a high that that night transformed my life. And she said, the odd, the odd thing, I had a, a video of it for a friend had his iPhone and made an art of, you know, an amateur video of the thing with her permission while it was going on. And she showed it to her daughter and her daughter hadn't known that her mom was also depressed. And the odd thing is her daughter's depression then disappeared at the same time. And then her daughter got, went on, got married, went to graduate school. And now her daughter's uh, uh, studying to be a marriage and, and family therapist. But that's kind of how it works. And it's that seeing that, that this idea that there's beauty in, in your negative symptoms. We still want to get rid of them. And the techniques are, are very powerful. I've developed over 100 techniques to smash those distorted thoughts that trigger depression, like I'm not good enough and People are going to judge me and I shouldn't be like this and I shouldn't have made that mistake and all of those shoulds and self-blaming thoughts. But it's just great to be able to give this to people. And so my, my career has, is just filled with, with blessings and just really, really fun to, to be able to, to do this. It's, it's just incredibly rewarding. Well, it's huge, David. And that, what a great illustration of it's so easy sometimes when we get into our own minds, you know, we're so deep in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, you know, we lost the perspective and we can be very hard on ourselves and beat ourselves up around, you know, here's what's wrong with us. But I love yeah. the fact that you can flip that on its head. And as soon as a person might experience this, as soon as a person can see why that is illustrating all of these positive loving qualities about them, it's a totally different outlook and mindset. And it really flips the whole script, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not um, automatic type of thing. It's not a formula. I make it sound really easy, but it's something people have to see. And each person's situation is, is, a, is a little bit unique. But once you see it, it's really mind blowing. And, and the, the techniques I've developed are, are really all about mind blowing techniques. To, the, I, I've, I've never wanted people to get a bit better. Because if you become less depressed, there's a hundred percent likelihood you're just going to relapse back into depression again. I, I want people to go all the way to a state of joy. And after you've recovered, the negative thoughts will come back. So I have to prepare the patient for that. But the neat thing is the technique that worked for you the first time will always work for you in the in, in the future. Here's a question for you, David. So a lot mm -hmm. of people, you know, a lot of the people listening right now either have experienced different emotions that they're like, Hey, I want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. Hope here. Or they have someone in their family or friend yeah. group or a coworker, whoever we all know someone, if we're not experiencing it to the degree. Ourselves. Yeah. So the question for a lot of people on their minds is probably this sounds awesome. Where do I start? Okay. Well, there's go what ahead. Yeah. Is, what would you say is a starting point for someone right now? Who's listening to this? Well, says, there's, there's, there's several first steps you can, you can take. If you want to read a book, either my first book, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, which you can get on Amazon, or my latest book, Feeling Great, either of those is a tremendous starting point. Uh, the, the Feeling Great is on some ridiculous sale on Amazon, so the hardbound you can get about for the price of a trade paperback, 
And also my first book, Feeling Good, if, if you're short on funds, you can buy used copies of them on Amazon for, for just a few dollars. And I know a lot of people don't have a, a ton of money. So either of those two thirds of the people who you give a copy of Feeling Good, my first book, to uh, two thirds will recover within four weeks with no other treatment. There have been 10 published research studies that have confirmed that it's and it works for teenagers or older people or anyone. Another thing you can do, you can go to my website, feelinggood.com, and I have tons of free things there. Feelinggood.com. Feeling good is one word with two G's in the middle. There's the Feeling Good podcasts, and a lot of people have recovered just by listening to the podcast. We're, we're up over our, we're going to get our five millionth download this year. That's an easy tool. There's free classes on my website. There's a free depression class that you can sign up for. There's a free anxiety class you, you can sign up for. Also, I'm, I'm developing a Feeling Good app where you can get a lot of change even in, in one day by using the app. And we're, we're beta testing it now. And if you want to be a beta tester, you could go to feelinggood.com forward slash app, A-P-P, and then you can sign up and get in one of the, in one of the upcoming beta tests. So those are a few, a few starting points. Love it. So, and, and that's one of the things that I'm also just so in awe of, David, is at this point in your life, you just really, it's a genuine desire to help people throughout the world. So many of these things are available for free. Anyone can access them. The book, Feeling Good, the book, Feeling Great, which I've read, the website, feelinggood.com, your podcasts, you know, they get on your email lists. And I love the app idea. I'm, I'm so excited to share that with you. Yeah, thank you. One of my students, I have, I give also free training for therapists at Stanford. If they're in California, they can come to the, the Tuesday group. It's virtual. And so we give unlimited free training and unlimited free psychotherapy to mental health professionals in California at my Tuesday group at Stanford. And then we also have a Wednesday group for therapists from all around the world can go to that one and again, get unlimited free training in these new techniques and unlimited free personal uh, therapy. But one of my students came on my Feeling Good podcast and we recorded it just yesterday, Zaina Halim. And she talked on a really weird topic. That's why we had her on. I couldn't imagine what she was going to say of Buddhist marketing strategies. <laughs> it just sounds so ridiculous. And uh, how Buddhists become successful business people. And she's a mental health professional. And then what she said is it's based on a spiritual principle that you, what you give comes back to you. It's called karma. And she said, but it's, it's a practical practice. It's not some mystical idea. And she said she, she said she was trying to start her practice. So her Buddhist teacher said, then help others with their practice. Give to them what, what you want the universe to give to you. So she started helping all her colleagues build their practices. And all, she said all of a sudden she was flooded with referrals. It comes back to her. And I thought that was so neat because that's kind of, what I've been doing a little bit, too, is trying to give everything away for free. I, I haven't charged anyone for a therapy session for 25 years, and I haven't prescribed a medication for 25 years. Everything on my website, except for my books, is, is free. And there's hundreds of hours of training and classes and things. But it's been true for me because I, I just feel incredibly blessed. And, and that's a spiritual concept as well as a practical business concept. 
And I guess it takes an act of trust, but it has certainly been helpful for me. David, this is such a powerful statement. And I, I hope people didn't catch that or miss that when you mentioned it, which is in 25 years, you have not prescribed a single medication. Right. Yeah. There are so many people I know that are out there still that think that that's the only solution. That's why this brings so much hope and joy to people is because it says, wait a second, there actually is a solution and you don't have to do that. So, you know, we're approaching the end of the podcast, which I can't believe this could easily go for an hour. Yeah. I'm actually happy to go over here by a few minutes. And so let's just take however long we need for you to answer this question. But maybe sure. one of the final questions, you have so much experience that you've built up over the years. You know, like you mentioned, tens of thousands of people and hours in working in this. What are some of your biggest observations or lessons learned through all of these years of doing this? Well, there's a couple of them, but they're controversial, really. Um, one of them is, is, is early in my career, I asked Aaron Beck, who was one of my early mentors and kind of the creator of what's called cognitive therapy. What do you do when you get a, someone, maybe they really are hopeless and worthless human being? Because patients are so good at persuading you when you first meet them that they're, I'm really a hopeless case. And he said, I've never believed that any patient was a hopeless case. I've never given up on, on a patient. And he said, you have to do your own policy from that point of view. So I adopted that policy and I, I've never had a pay. And it's been so helpful for me. I've never had a patient, no matter how difficult uh, or how ornery or resistant or oppositional uh, or challenging who I gave up on. And I've never had one who didn't eventually not only make progress, but recover completely if we just stuck with it. And, you know, in the old days, it sometimes took weeks or months to bring that result about. Now, I, I can usually, not always, but I can usually bring it about in just in a day, in a single, in a single session, really. And so that, that's one, one thing, uh, because hopelessness invades anger, anxiety, depression. You start thinking, oh, this is the true me. This is the way it's always going to be. I really am not as good as other people. There's really no way that I could ever have happiness and joy. It's been just mega huge for me not to give in into that. And the second thing, and a lot of some people hate me when I say this, and that's why I publish so much live therapy on my podcast so they can hear and see before their very eyes, see people recover right, right live in real time, is that in most cases, you can overcome depression and anxiety really quickly. In, in, my, in my experience, really in a, within a two-hour therapy session in a way that leaves nothing to be desired. And I demonstrate that on my podcast. I had a woman who I treated who had had like the same disease Howard Hughes had, kind of hopelessly severe obsessive compulsive disorder, germ phobia, constantly washing. And she actually required, uh, recovered completely in three minutes in one of my Tuesday groups. We have a video of it. And it's a hilarious video, too, because, you know, I she trusted me and I said, well, now we're going to go into the women's bathroom and we're going to start touching the toilet seats and we're going to touch all these door handles you're afraid to touch. And then we went out and all the students were following us around. We went out in front of the Stanford outpatient psychiatry building and there was this gross barrel just filled with muck. It had been emptied, you know, a trash barrel, but it, was, it had like a quarter of an inch of hor horrendous goo. 
And he says, now I want you to stick your hands in here and just rub your fingers and all this goo. And she said, no, I'll start vomiting. And I said, that's okay. You can just vomit on your hands too. Just go ahead and do it. And she says, no, I can't. She said, you do it. I said, so I, I did it and started rubbing it on my face. And then, and then she did it. And all the students, there were 30 of them, started cheering. And then we went back to the seminar room. She rubbed it all over her face. And, and, and uh, I said, how anxious are you? And, and she started crying. She said, zero. She says, I'm cured. I'm, you know, and, and so I had her on a podcast and, uh, you know, just so she could report that to the world, that it happens quick and it, it lasted. And then someone sent me an email. I got tons of positive emails, and I'm sure you do too. But I, I got one. This fellow just said, F you. And he was enraged that I was implying that people could recover from severe anxiety or depression so quickly. And I understand a little where he was coming from. He, I guess he thought I was trivializing his suffering or, or saying it's not really serious. And I know these diseases are serious. It's the worst form of human suffering. But I'm just uh, so happy to have found and discovered the idea that recovery can happen really, really fast. And if I had a daughter who was depressed and she went to a therapist who was able to cure her in one session. I would kiss that person's feet. I, I, I don't want my children or my loved ones to have to go through months or years of endless talking and, 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 and pill taking. Now, for some things, as you've pointed out, like if for schizophrenia medications can be invaluable and necessary in some stages. So some people have bipolar illness where they get real high and psychotic medication like lithium can sometimes be a hugely important part of the treatment. But I think the, uh, the talking therapies, the, the powerful new psychotherapies have a tremendous amount to offer people. And most people don't know that because all you hear is TV advertising, take this pill for for whatever you've got. But there are really, really tremendous new techniques. And I think this app is going to be a game changer because then it can be multiplied and can can, can, can treat millions of people, not dozens of people. Can you share again, David, uh, the beta test, where that's at, where they find it? Yeah, it's just you go to my website, feelinggood.com, and put forward slash app. You, you put that into your, your the URL, you know, where you type in the website, and then you, you can sign up there for it. You have to have an iPhone. Eventually, we'll have it for all the kinds of cell phones and for computer but we haven't done fundraising yet, so we, we have a sm very small team. There's just five of us working together kind of on a volunteer basis, really. It's more volunteer work for me. But, uh, it, it, yeah, but it, it, it is effective all, already, and we're just fine-tuning it before we release it to the world. We want to make it as, as powerful as possible. So can I just highlight something you said, David? So if you're listening to this podcast, whether it's you who's experienced different emotions, whether it's the anxiety, depression, anger, whatever it is, whether it's a family member, a coworker, whoever it is, I love what you said in that there's nobody who is not curable. And yeah, that, right. That is right. a total myth that I know exists in so many minds because people think, well, that may work for everyone else, but it's it, not for me. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one who can't recover. We had a woman who came from England. I thought she was really a hopeless case. When I, I used to have my intensive program in Philadelphia, so people would come from all over the world. And this woman came from England, and she had had severe OCD and depression for, for you know, I guess, 
decades. And she had had, you know, electroconvulsive therapy is generally the last ditch effort when drugs fail and psychotherapy fails. And, you know, she'd taken every known medication and hadn't helped and psychotherapy hadn't helped. So they finally started giving her electroconvulsive treatments. And generally they'll give like a dozen. I, I think she'd had over, over 90 of them had, hadn't helped. And wow. this is horrible because it causes brain damage. And then they gave her a lobotomy, a horrible thing, you know, where they poke into your brain and try to sever some nerves. And that hadn't helped. And then they gave her a second lobotomy and that didn't help. Wow. And then she finally flew to Philadelphia and I, I did the intake evaluation. And then I referred her to one of my students, Tony Bates. I thought this woman's too difficult, but I did the history and, you know, I said, you're going to see one of our very fine student, you know, therapist, Tony Bates. She's now a psychologist in uh, Ireland. But uh, then I saw Tony uh, a few days later. I said, how are you doing with that, with that woman? She, you know, she, she's probably impossible. And, and, and he said, oh, no, she's the easiest patient I ever treated. She, she, she recovered, you know, in a couple of hours. And I said, what are you talking about? What did you do? He said, I just did what you taught me to do. I had her write down her negative thoughts and identify the distortions in them and talk back to them. And she's doing great now. It was such a mind-blowing story. It is. And, I, and so that's, that's one of the takeaways is nobody's beyond, what would you call it? Healing? Nobody's yeah. beyond. Yeah. Start to experience joy and peace again. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. is so hard and so, so bad. Yeah. And another thing about it is the techniques are pretty easy. They're hard to learn, really, but they're they're actually so easy and straightforward. No one had ever asked this woman, what are you thinking? What are you telling yourself? You see, your thoughts create all of your moods in the here and now. It's those thoughts like, I'm no good, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I'm a hopeless case. You can write them down on a piece of paper, and then I have my list of 10 distortions, like all or nothing thinking and self-blame and should statements and emotional reasoning and all of that. And you identify the distortions in them. And then you talk back to them using a variety of techniques to, you know, crush those negative thoughts in the moment, the very moment you stop believing those negative thoughts in that moment, your feelings will change. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. I mean, I've experienced that to a degree in what I've read and it's, it's like, it is like a switch. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Such awesome content. You know, this is, in many cases, can save people's lives. You know, there's yeah. like it maybe people listening right now, depending on the size of your audience, but there, if it's a big audience, there are people right now who are struggling at this moment with suicidal thoughts. And is my life worth living? And uh, yes, your life is worth living, and and your feelings, you can change the way you feel. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, David. This is exactly why I wanted yeah. to do this podcast. I knew how impactful it would be how life-changing it could be for so many. And so for those listening, you know, I said this at the beginning, I, I'll say it one more time, is if you know someone, whether it's you, I mean, obviously, if it's you, you're listening, but if you know someone in your family, coworker, whoever, who you know has been struggling with some form of emotion, whether it's the anger, the depression, the anxiety, whatever, please forward them this podcast in an email or text them a link to it because otherwise, what's going to change? You know, it's just this continued cycle that is so easy to stay in for decades. Yeah. The catalyst in sharing something that they're not currently aware of. And David, I think, has shared some marvelous ways that we can start. They're free, they're easy. Anybody can do them. 
And so this has been a real podcast of hope and excitement for, for people who are experiencing these things. So any final comments, David? No, it's just been an honor seeing you again and a joy. Thank you so much. Maybe one last thing just popped into my brain. I'm also doing free workshops now for the general public, as well as for therapists. And I'm doing a free two-hour workshop on January 26th, which is a Wednesday, and it'll be from 11 to 1 p.m. West Coast time. And I haven't posted it yet on my website but it's being sponsored by PESI, P-E-S-I, who published my new book, Feeling Great. You could probably just go to PESI and get, get the link for that or go and get on my mailing list at feelinggood.com. And then I'll, I'll send the link as soon as I get it from, from PESI. But I've, this, this is my, will be my third free workshop. I did two this year. And we had over 6,000 people came to the first and 7,000 came to the second and then th- th- this one will be on habits, habits and addiction. So if you're overeating or drinking or having some nail biting or some internet or type of, of habit or addiction, it'll be an actual interactive workshop for you, showing you some new techniques. And, and, and also, if you go to my website, feelinggood.com, at the bottom of the home page, you can click and get two free chapters that I'll be featuring in that workshop on habits, habits and addictions, and there are new innovative techniques. And so once again, it's, it's not a common, there's no, no upsell. It's just, everything's for free. Yep, it is. And I, I just love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Thank you so much, David. Thanks. Awesome. Bye-bye. I know you're, I, I know you're a hero to so many people because of the way that you've impacted their lives and freed them from this cycle that they didn't think they would ever be freed from. Yeah. So thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please share this with, you know, someone that you feel would benefit from it. And we hope you're going to have a great rest of your day and a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Your Best podcast. If there was something in this podcast that you felt would be helpful for a family member, a friend, or even a coworker, we invite you to share this podcast with them now while you're thinking about it. Also, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, for additional resources and tools, such as how to join our monthly P Performance Coaching Program, or how to get certified as a trainer or coach, or schedule a workshop or keynote, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day and a great week.